lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to the newest episode of Seven Friday Night and the first full playoff edition of the pod. I'm Sports Stars Magazine Managing Editor Chase Bryson, and with me as always is my co-host Ben Enos. Ben, we've reached the second season. Everybody's records are back to zero, and De La Salle is back to being the bully every North Coast section team is used to seeing this time of year. Same as it ever was, even if someone here, not saying who, had their doubts. Hello, good people of the interwebs. Yes, uh, I like that you use bully. Bully is not a very Christian brothers approach to the world, Chase, okay? Um, but I will say, yes, we are here in the playoffs, and I will, I'm going to, you know, I have to own things. I have to own it. I texted you, I think, in the second half, or maybe at halftime of that game, uh, and said, De La Salle is just laughing at us. And, you know. That's what happened. I did see Coach Allenbaugh's quote in your story that he understood why people would have taken <laughs> Clay. gave you a break. And I will stick to my guns a little here, and I will say that I think it was a recency bias. What I had seen on the field versus what De La Salle was now, I had not seen. Uh, you know, I'm going to let you do the breakdown since you were there. But, yes, the sun rose today. <laughs> and in other news, De La Salle is still the best team in the North Coast section. I'm going to defend myself briefly, briefly, by saying I did win the week in picks, so at least my temporary insanity was limited to, you know, only a few games. Yes. But before <laughs> we get into psychoanalyzing me, let's let you have the floor here for a little bit. Give us the report. What would you see from yet another big De La Salle win? I will say that I give you grief for picking Clayton, but it's not like I was here last Thursday giving a full-throated defense of the Spartans. Nobody was. <laughs> yes. I expected a good effort, but I didn't expect a 42-6 to annihilation. There was no way of describing it another way. It was, that's what it was. Clayton Valley took a 6-0 lead midway through the first quarter, and then De La Salle would go on and score 42 unanswered. Spartans took advantage of a healthy offensive line, and their rushing game averaged 6.9 yards per carry. De La Salle gained a little more than 400 yards of total offense and averaged 8.3 yards per play. Couple that with a defense that had four sacks, a turnover, a goal line stand, and you had the recipe for a legit statement win, and that's what that was. And the scary part is the De La Salle still hasn't put its best possible defense on the field yet this season, and it should be able to when the playoffs begin this week. Lineman Chase Tofiano, who's returned from injury and season debut, has been teased by Coach Edson for on this show for multiple weeks now. Didn't play against Clayton Valley, but he did practice during the week, and his presence was a big boost of energy according to uh, Coach Allenbaugh. Um, I actually, uh, I'm going to queue up a soundbite here that I didn't use in my story of Coach Allenbaugh talking about uh, Chase Tofiano and what he brought to the uh, practice field last week and, and why they're so excited about him getting back on the field. He practiced this week. He practiced this week, and I'll tell you this. He, uh, he looked good. He, he looked very, very good. Uh, and it was fun to see him out there uh, practicing, and he's chomping at the bit. I think knowing that Chase is coming back is something that brings a lot of energy. Everybody was peeking around when they saw him coming out in pads Tuesday and Wednesday, and then he was hitting, and then everybody, and then he got thrown in, and he got to go three one-on-ones against Terry, you know, Derek Thompson. That was that was fun, man. I mean, you know, we missed that, and he makes other guys around him better. Um, but this is a confidence builder for sure. It. it 
it's a teaching lesson for our kids that if they do what they're capable of, we can be a very good team. You know, our margin for error isn't huge. That's, we've had too many injuries and got a lot of young guys playing. None of those are excuses. It's just that's the reality. And, you know, our margin for error isn't that big. But if we do what we're capable of, we can be a really good team. So, yeah, Bill Sal's back, just like we knew they would be. Clayton Valley should be the favorite to reach the Division I final, and we'll get their shot at either a rematch with De La Salle or a rematch of last year's Division I championship loss to Pittsburgh. It's hard when they're, you know, we talk about this all the time. When you're playing a De La Salle team that's firing, firing on all cylinders, it's really hard to evaluate the opponent. But I did see some of the things that you were talking about from when you saw them playing in San Ramon Valley. They do. I really like the receivers. Their receivers made a lot of really nice plays. I didn't think they used Micah Avery enough. And that's something that uh, Coach Edson might bring up as well uh, later. But uh, overall, um, it was just the better team was the visiting team. And that was pretty simple and blatant. Yeah, you know, a couple things on the De La Salle result. Will they get better going into the NCS playoffs? Okay, let's talk. let's talk history. Yes, they will. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's this is what <laughs> happens. I also want to throw a brief comment out there, brief commentary. Maybe it's the circles that I run in and, and they're questionable individuals, <laughs> but I have heard on multiple occasions on other sidelines this year questions around, well, let's say De La Salle had gone into a backslide this year and then how long that coaching staff would get a leash because they're so used to winning there. Can we we let's stop that? Yeah. Stop. Stop talking about that. I I there is no one better to be the head coach of the Dallas House Spartans and Justin Allenbaugh and his coaching staff. I don't like they showed it last week. So I don't want to hear that anymore. Second, maybe I've seen the unicorn <laughs> when it comes to Clayton Valley. Because remember what I told you after that San Ramon Valley game? They ran the spread and it was all great, but they were balanced. Right. Micah Avery and Nick Kashabi were great against San Ramon Valley. And I believe that's what they have to do to win. Run the spread all you want, but if you sell out to the pass and that's all you're going to do, it is so much easier for the other team to defend. And when you run into a good coaching staff and a good team like De La Salle, they can game plan that. So I think that's a little bit of what you saw on Friday night. Yeah. I think so. they, I think Clayton Valley just got caught up watching a lot of tape of De La Salle struggling against the intermediate pass and thought that they could beat them all night with the intermediate pass. And they were able to move the ball, but they weren't able to to make plays when it mattered. And that's just how it was. Yeah. So like you said, I expect to see Clayton Valley in a rematch, uh, or not not necessarily a rematch, but they will be in the Division One final, and they'll see probably either De La Salle or Pittsburgh. But uh, let's move on. I was off the grid, but I wasn't off the grid, and I'll tell you why. There actually were a couple media outlets out to watch the TCAL Stone Division title game between St. Mary's of Berkeley and St. Patrick's St. Vincent. And I thought it was a pretty good small school atmosphere. So, you know, it was um, it, it was the place to be. It was the right place to be. It was also the first game I've covered on grass in quite a while. And because it rained last week, I came home with mud. So, <laughs> you know, I, I really got the football experience again. Uh, plus, I got to hang with the NCS commissioner, Pat Cruikshank, which I always enjoy. So if I'm going to the same games as him, I'm doing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's all the off-the-field stuff. 
on the field, I thought it was a really competitive game between two pretty good teams. Uh, St. Mary's gave St. Pat's every opportunity to come back in the second half, but the Panthers' defense was really up to the task each time. They had four interceptions. That helped the cause. And I'll say Kyle Goree, or Goree, I don't quite know how to pronounce his last name, is an absolute beast of a two-way guy at running back and linebacker. So, uh, you know, you got to be really happy for St. Mary's and John Trotman Jr., their head coach. This is his first year. Uh, going 10-0 and in your first year, not a bad deal. Um, you can read on Sports Stars Magazine's website that I wrote about the fact that this is the third head coach that those guys at St. Mary's have had in the last three years. So for the senior class especially, this is a this it's a tale of perseverance, which um, I, I was really excited to talk about and excited to see. I would be pretty surprised if St. Mary's doesn't follow uh, – Friday's win up with an NCS title in Division Six. You know, I think it's going to come down to them and Moreau Catholic, but I would put St. Mary's as a solid favorite there. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to be uh, be in that atmosphere uh, in Vallejo. So, and St. Pat's will get they'll win some games in the playoffs for sure. So, things are not done for them as well. Right so uh, that's last week, but we are recording this in our usual Sunday slot. And you know what that means. It is our favorite day of the year. The brackets are here. We have playoff matchups for the NCS and the CCS at our fingertips and a tremendous second round slate in the Sac Joaquin section to think about as well. So to break all this down and not spend seven hours on it, <laughs> I thought I devised a foolproof way to break it down. You started messing with the, the timing of it. And so we're going to see how this goes. Now, for the new brackets, the CCS and the NCS, I want to know, I will throw it to you, you will throw it to me, what the biggest surprise was that you saw in the brackets and which first-round matchup you're most intrigued by. For the SJS, we're going to go with the biggest surprise of round one and the matchup that we're most looking forward to in round two. Got that? I got it. Okay, good. So... I will lob the first one to you, and we are going to start with the bracket that we've had for a week. In the Sac Joaquin section, what was your biggest surprise result in the first round? Well, the score that most shocked me was definitely Yuba City going to Vista Del Lago and leaving with a 46-8 win. The Hawkers were 3-6. and six. Vista Del Lago was two points shy of being undefeated league champions the week before. Yuba City, they, they just cranked out 370 yards in the ground, led by senior Nick Afato, who carried 12 times for 144 yards and three touchdowns. The win earns them another road trip, this time to number three, Grant Sacramento. Not sure they can repeat that run game success against the Pacers, but props to the Hunkers nonetheless. That was that was a shocking win to me. I mean, I, mean, I know Yuba City has played well uh, at times this year. I know they had kind of a, a difficult schedule, for the school of their size, but my goodness, I did not see that coming. Honk you cried. It was only 14 to nothing at half, too. So <laughs> big, big old second half for the honkers. Uh, like you said, that'll be I'll be interested to see if they can duplicate that against Grant on the road this week. Um, I'm gonna stay in that bracket and I'm gonna say that I was actually a tad surprised that Roseville was gonna was able to go to the corral and beat Oakdale. We talked about this game last week. Um I won't spend a ton of time on it, but that is a that's a it's not a surprising necessarily result given the brackets, but going to 
Oakdale and getting a playoff win. That's impressive. Yeah. So want to want to shout that out. Also, sure. I, I think I, I think we saw on the on the Twitters that Trent Merzon might have been hanging it up. If uh, that is the case, Ike Dodson is required to come on here and tell us why he did not break that story because nobody knows Oakdale like Ike Dodson. And if that's true, congratulations, uh, Coach Merzon, for an incredible career uh, with the Mustangs. Absolutely. You go ahead. You go first to the sun. What's the round two game you liked? Okay. Uh, or sorry. What's the semifinal? Is it semifinals? It's quarterfinals. No, we're in the quarters. Right? Quarters, right. quarters. What's the quarterfinal match if you like? There's actually a bunch. Um, I think, to me, the one that flies under the radar is actually going to be the Downey Granite Bay game in D2. That that is flying under the radar for sure, but um, we've discussed this off uh, off air. I'm actually decamping to the Sac Joaquin section this week, so I'm going with the game that I'm actually going to be at. Number four Monterey Trail hosting number five Central Catholic in the Battle of Ground and Pound experts. Uh, you said this actually when you saw them against Manteca, but could Raiders quarterback Tyler Wentworth make the difference here? We will see. But as you know, we both love what TJ Ewing and the Mustangs have going on on Calvine Road. Mustangs Vox, I'll see you Friday, my friend. Yeah, that's a good one. It's hard to hard to go wrong with that pick. Yeah. How about you? Well, I mean, that probably would be my pick, too. If I, if I was picking any quarterfinal to attend and watch, that's the game. I mean, come on. Um, if I was not going to that game, uh, another game that kind of um, – Interest me. Uh, we we go back to Roseville. Roseville takes down Oakdale. What can they do against Patterson? Um, that that uh, it's an all Tigers matchup too. So I get another favorite. I need another double mascot. <laughs> but uh, that that's an intriguing one. I'd like to see what Patterson can do. Um, and against the Roseville team that's that's kind of red hot right now and sh- has shown them they can win on the road. Um, and in tough environments. So definitely one to see. Those top divisions in the Sac Joaquin section starting this week have no bad games. That's true. Like, like even take Division One, Folsom against Sheldon. Oh, wait a second. Guess who <laughs> came back for the Sheldon Huskies last week? That would be Devin Green. I believe Devin also threw a touchdown pass last week. So, yeah, that a whole Sheldon is not a team I would want to see in the playoffs. And let's so. not forget the Folsom only won their final game against Rockland 14 to 7. I'm so. telling you, it's yeah, the, there are no bad games in the SJS uh, going forward. So, uh, all right, SJS done, NCS time. Uh, you, you have the floor, you have something you want to talk about here. <laughs> I think I speak for both of us in saying that we're a little bit appalled by San Ramon Valley getting the top seed in Division Two over Camp Lindo. Campo is the division's defending champion. They're an undefeated 10-0, but the top seed goes to 8-2 San Ramon Valley Danville, who lost to Camp Lindo in last year's semifinal. I would just love to know the logic that was used and the conversation that led to such a decision. They had two common opponents, and they're not supposed to look at scoring margin, but even if they did, the difference in both teams' wins over Las Lomas and Monta Vista were nominal at best. What I fear is that they believe these teams to be dead even, and they use the HAL 9000 rating number as the tiebreaker. SRV's rating is about six points higher, and if that's the case, that's extremely disappointing that an undefeated defending champion can't be more convincing than a number on a screen. But that's where we are these days, and it's really 
It bums me out, to be honest. I had such a good conversation with the commissioner of the NCS on Friday night about the human element. And I'll let you finish, but I'm in lockstep with what you're saying. Oh, it's uh, that was really the, the majority of my argument. And so I don't know. I just think, I mean, how, do, how can you put those two teams on a board and not just how does the discussion not immediately go to, hey, this team's 10 and 0. They won the league. They won this division last year. What are we talking about? <laughs> Such like, I don't know. And it's not like Campolindo's yeah. wins are bad. They, they run a win against Aptos at Aptos. And they, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of their other big win. Windsor, Windsor at Windsor. Windsor. Um, Windsor's the league champion. They went on the road and beat Windsor. So it's not like they have a, a weak schedule by any stretch in my mind. And so I'm not sure. I just, I would love to know the, the reason. And if it was, if it really, if they broke the tie, with the computer rating, that's just really a bummer. So, yeah. while my I'm gonna let my blood pressure calm down. Uh, <laughs> tell me if there was anything else that jumped out to you, and as as the brackets were unveiled, as far as surprises. Yeah, the only thing I'm gonna push back on you here with is I'm not surprised. That's not a surprise. I I, I I think yes, I would have gone the other way. I agree with every single word you said. <laughs> It, we've had this debate for years and years and years and years and years and years. The EBAL strength of schedule versus a league like the DAL. And if you look at those computer ratings, like you said, that is reflected. The EBAL is considered by the computer to be superior to the DAL. And at the top level, I think that's probably right. But at the bottom, I don't agree with it. Um, yeah, it's a shame. The thing that I will say to wrap up this discussion is I hope that this decision doesn't cost Campolindo's chance at a section title because they have to go on the road. I don't think it does for the record. I don't think, you know, when they play, if they play at San Ramon Valley in a final, and by the way, they're both going to have to get through a pretty good bracket to get there. Foothill is still out there. Remember that, you know, they were the ones that made it to the NCS final last year. So they're going to have a say in this, but yeah, it's, it's not surprising. It is what it is. It's going to be Tampa's going to have to go on the road and earn it. If that's what happens in the final, but I think they can do that. Likewise, sure. I think San Ramon could have gone to Campo and won as well. I'm not ruling either of them out, but yeah, I would have gone the other way. So um, surprising, I guess I don't really have a super surprising turn of events in the NCS brackets. I would have liked to have maybe not seen a couple of league rematches in the first round in D1 and D3. And I guess maybe I would have rated Heritage a little bit higher. But, you know, you go back and you look, they lost the head-to-head games against Logan and Antioch, and that's seven and eight. So um, it's not a surprise they didn't make it. So right. I guess I'm not really surprised by anything, particularly in these brackets. Then let's hear your uh, first round matchup that you like. Yeah, first round matchup. I'm gonna be a complete hypocrite here, <laughs> and I'm gonna say I'm I want to see one of those league matchups. Um, <laughs> it's actually in D three. It's the three six matchup. John Antonio's Casa Grande Gauchos going to Vine Valley League foe American Canyon because the Wolves won this matchup twenty three to twenty two a couple weeks ago and finished in a tie for the top spot in the league with Vintage. So. John's a good coach, and I think Casa will have some adjustments. Uh, but any game, any rematch of a game that was settled by a point should be pretty good theater in round one. 
I uh I looked at a couple of four or five matchups that I that I thought were pretty intriguing. Uh, the one in Division One, Amador Valley at Liberty. Uh, that one could be pretty juicy. I think Amador Valley is underrated coming out of that EBAL Mountain Division, and the Dons play pretty good defense and could cause issues for Liberty's up tempo offense, uh, led by do everything quarterback Nate Bell. So that's one that's one I could see uh, being a fun one. So after that, there should be some great NCS semifinals in several divisions if seeds hold. But let's move to the CCS, where the algorithm rules all, and strong first-round matchups are to be worshipped. What did you think <laughs> of the computer's work, and did, did you see any surprises? Yeah, it's this is good. It's I mean, <laughs> is it even possible to be super surprised? Because <laughs> we, we knew the computer, like we knew how they saw it. So beep, boop, beep, boop. Yeah, there's, I don't know. The obvious one, and it's not really a surprise, but maybe it is, is Wilcox getting the golden ticket, right, yeah. into D2. Um, but I'm actually, I'm looking past that, and I'm going to stick with that bracket and say it's a little bit jarring to see St. Ignatius sitting with a two on one side of its name and a four and six record on the other side of its name. Man, that's an awful lot of weight to put on a three-point win over Mitty because the other three wins aren't really anything to write home about. Right. I mean, I'm not one of those guys who thinks a four and six team absolutely can't make the playoffs, but a two seed? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going there. Uh, yeah, it's that that was surprising to me. What what do you see? Pummel over Wilcox as the eight seed as opposed to the one seed in Division two. That was that was interesting to me, considering how badly Pummel lost to Salinas on Friday night. But here's the thing that is so maddening about these computer driven rankings: Christopher Gilroy. And Live Oak played for the Mount Hamilton League Championship on Friday night. It was a great game. Christopher hung on, won at 21-19. And by winning, Christopher was awarded a sixth seed in Division Two. And Live Oak gets the two seed in Division Three. <laughs> and call me crazy. When I think of a league champion heading into the playoffs, I think of a top four seed and at least one home game to open the postseason. In this case, Christopher is rewarded with neither, while Live Oak will get both. And, and that's just counterintuitive to me. I just, I don't get it. I mean, I get why, because they're competitive equity based and they're going to put the better team in the higher bracket. Still, I'm not sure I agree with it. So um, that's what's out to me. Um, we've, we've been in this conversation circle several times, so I won't, I won't uh, belabor it anymore, but uh, first round matchup that I like, you already kind of sort of mentioned it. I think Half Moon Bay, if fully healthy, has a shot at upsetting number two seed of San Ignatius in uh, in Division One. So, or is that Division Two? Sorry, in Division Two. Two. Um, I wouldn't put it past the Bears to do it. So that could be that could be a good one to see yeah. for sure. I'm actually we're gonna probably discuss this during Thursday's pick show. I'm gonna go to D1. It's the four five matchup. Sacred Heart Prep has to go to Salinas in a matchup of nine and one teams. That's a school that can score with anyone and a team that can seemingly stop anyone. Yeah. So, yes. uh, also based on the conversations we've had earlier this year, it might actually set up a semifinal that we'd be more interested in than the final because either Sacred Heart Prep or Salinas, would we borderline think they have a better shot to give Sarah a contest Yeah, in the semis than maybe a St. Francis would in... The final? I don't know. I think it's possible. Yeah, certainly so possible. We'd definitely be, uh, we'd be interested in that for sure. Yep. 
And now we're going to take a quick time out for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. At some point, your community will be challenged. It could be a flood, forest fire, hurricane, or civil unrest. When it happens, be the one to answer the call. Rescue the stranded. Protect the threatened. Save the injured. Join the National Guard and serve your community when it needs you most. Visit nationalguard.com to find out more. All right. Well, we had some really tight recording windows this week, mainly because I'm going on a field trip with more than about a thousand sixth graders on Monday. Uh, Because of that, we don't have a second guest this week, and everybody can rejoice as Coach Terry Edson's segment arrives earlier than usual. That's right. It's time for what we can only assume will be a very happy high school football consultant. He's the coachiest non-coach out there, and we can't wait to pick his brain on De La Salle's big win and a few other items. Let's listen in. Well, we welcome Coach Terry Edson to the show, and as much as I want to just spend this entire time talking about Flightline and the Breeders' Cup, I am going to show some uncharacteristic restraint and save that for Thursday's show. Terry, how are you today? I'm, I'm depressed. The Breeders' Cup, wait for another year for the Breeders' Cup to show up again. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm also elated to what I witnessed on Friday night at Clayton Valley High School, so... I've got a lot of mixed emotions this week, Ben. (laughs) Well, I said we'd wait for Thursday to talk about the lopsided result in the Breeders' Cup Classic, but I didn't say we'd wait to talk about all lopsided results in our lives. When Chase and I talked after De La Salle's win over Clayton Valley, I believe he said something like, everything Terry said actually happened. (laughs) It sounds to me like a classic case of De La Salle doing what De La Salle does, But what did you see on Friday night at Clayton Valley? Well, and for my predictions all coming true, like we always say, you know, even a blind squirrel gets an acorn once in a while. So uh, I won't pat myself on the back for that. Well, what I saw was I was talking to uh, my former colleague on the field and Dean of Students, Joey Aliotti, as we were walking out of the stadium because it's a five minute walk to my house and Joey parked at my house. And uh, I said, man, if I'm Tim Murphy, I'm watching that game going, who are these guys? I have not <laughs> seen this team on film at all. And I was in the uh, up there in the booth thinking the exact same thing. Um, you know, the Clayton Valley got the ball, went right down and scored. And I was like, oh, man. And then, you know, the Spartans came back and put a drive together and it was, it wasn't that they put a drive together. This is what I saw that I haven't seen all year. Number one, offensive line with really crisp get off and getting into another team. I really hadn't seen that. Our running backs hitting the hole hard and breaking tackles, which um, I know the coaches have been on them for nine weeks about that and getting them to run harder. And then uh, I saw our defense. I felt for the first time all year playing super aggressively. Uh, Best hits of the year were in that game. Uh, We were tackling extremely well, which um, was always going to lead to success. And it was the old Spartan way, right? Um, Good kick of the kickoff team has redeemed itself from its uh, earlier failures. So the Clayton Valley was getting the ball between the 16 and 19 yard line. 
it'd be three and out, punt. Delisov's got the ball at the 50, short field. Um, that's what always leads to Spartan success. And that's what we saw all night long. I've said, as long as I've been teaching, if anybody could figure out a teenage boy's brain, <laughs> billion, not a millionaire, you'd be a billionaire. Uh, and what the Spartans found out uh, on Friday night was what I would, if I was coaching them, you know, what I would tell them was whatever you did, you know, for the first nine weeks, you now understand that didn't work. So you, you've got that knowledge in your, your head of yours, whatever you did to prepare for Clayton Valley for the, for that week in practice, You've unlocked the mystery for yourself as a player. You now know what you need to do if you want to play the way you played Friday night. So you, you've got the answers are, are in, the, in your grasp. You know what you did. You know going back any way, any way, shape, or form to your old way, you've seen the results of what happens when you play like that or when you prepare like that. So if you want success, if you want to play like you did Friday night, you now have the key. To unlock that, now it's now you got as a coach, you got to tell them, you know, it's the playoffs. It's now it's up to you to what you know. You can't do it for them as a coach, but they have this. They now have the ingredients to understand what it means to be a success. If they continue to play this way, um, there's no doubt about it. We can play with anybody uh, on the northern side of the state. Well, it was a statement win for sure, and. Uh... Well, I don't think any, I don't think Ben and I, or even you were surprised by the eventual decisions. We'd like you to put your seating committee hat on and share your thoughts on whether De La Salle or Pittsburgh should have been the top seed when the open half of the bracket was uh, released today. So you want me to upset my fantasy partner? Is that that really what we're saying? Well, we're going to let you talk nice about him here in a second. So I was not surprised and I'll tell you why. Um, There's only one common opponent. And that is Folsom. We both lost to Folsom at home. Um, So, you know, we lost at the last second. They lost by eight. I don't know. Would we lose the game by four? Well, I forget what the score was, but, you know, we lost in the very last. So we both lost at home. Um, The difference is, I think, and I think teams, and I think if you're, if I'm on a seat, and I've been on many seating committees. So when this would come up, so uh, you always look at the head-to-heads, okay? And the head-to-heads was, you know, Folsom and Cal High. Both of us, you know, uh, both teams did well against Cal High, so I'm not going to, you know, that's one that's like, oh, well, they beat them. That doesn't matter. If you beat a team handily or you do well against them, that's a wash. But De La Salle, losses came against the three losses came against teams that are now 29 and one Sarah is the first seed in the in the in their section Folsom is the first seed in their section uh what's Saint Mary I didn't I don't know what Saint Mary's seating is two seed. they're two the two seed Folsom. in their seating what is Saint Francis seed in their section two seed two, two seed uh the cathedral there isn't what is there any team i'm pretty sure well uh i guess monta vista did monta vista make the playoffs i don't know i don't know other no, okay that's so the only one i think so we uh, eight of the teams that we played are in the playoffs but i think the key stat is we played the best we've lost 
in by the way, close losses. We lost to the best team in, in right now in Northern California at the last second. Yes, we we did lose to St. Mary's, lost by you know thirteen points. So um, I'll give them that at St. Mary's. We lost to Folsom at the last second. So you look, you got to be able to reward teams. You can't tell teams. Well, and like and like and like I always say, it's one thing to say. Well, we schedule a really tough schedule, but if you're losing every game by 40, that doesn't mean anything to me. Or you're getting, you're losing by 28, 35 points. But if you're playing that kind of schedule and you're taking most of these teams to the wire, that does say something to me. So I just think the committee looked at look at the scheduling and, and rewarded De La Salle. Uh, and I think there's no doubt that win over Clayton Valley so convincingly, I think, uh, and, and Pittsburgh's, uh, during league, their their victory over Liberty, I think, hurt them in the seeding as well. Because that's the closest game they played a close game in league against a team that's seven and three. We played all our close games were against one and two seeds. Well, your fantasy football partner has uh, experienced this before, so I don't think he'll be, you know, super bent out of shape. Now you got to go play the games, but. Because of our recording schedule last week, Chase and I had a chance on Thursday's show to reflect on this a little bit, but we wanted to close out your segment this week by giving you a chance to share your thoughts on the big news of last week, that being the announcement that your pal Victor Galley will be <laughs> stepping down as Pittsburgh's head coach at the conclusion of the season. You've known Vic much longer than us, so what's your take on what he's accomplished and maybe what comes next, because I don't think we're going to see our resident Bears fan just disappear into the ether. What do you mean? What, what do you mean by that? What's your thought? On I think that? he's still going to be around the Pittsburgh program. He's just not going to be the head coach. Maybe as a consultant. Yes. Oh, you mean like like what like whatever it's <laughs> like, like a coach Edson? Why are you still out there? What are you? You're still kind of not coaching. I consult here right. and there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> He's no learned from the best. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I think what you you have to admire about you know Vic and what he's what he's done at, at Pittsburgh, and you know he coached at Dallas. Not forget, he's got his roots there at Dallas High School, coaching uh, you know in the JV program at Dallas High School when he got started. But um, you know, you gotta admire the the year in year out of consistency. Uh, of the Pittsburgh high football team over, I, I, what was his career? 20s. 20, this is his 21st season. 21st year, 21st year. So you always knew that Pittsburgh was going to be in, in the mix. He's always, uh, his teams are always hard hitting teams, uh, athletic teams. His kids always played hard. Um, I never had as a coach and, and, and watching us play as teams, they, the kids always played with class. Never had any issues with his kids uh, on the field. Of all the teams he played over the years, I always thought that uh, Pittsburgh, you know, defensively played us, you know, pretty tough. You know, you know, percentage-wise of all the teams we played, they probably played against us the best defensively. Um, you know, and I, I get it for him. I mean, it's I. I when he, uh, you guys say, I think you'll still see him. I think you will, but I think when Vic's finally, you know, it's like not that he's as long as me or or Mike Chesesky, but you know, they asked Mike Chesesky, Duke, and he goes, "Do you miss coaching at all?" And he said, "No, 
<laughs> I go, I go, I miss the kids. I miss the relationships. I miss being with the coaching staff, but I, I don't miss coaching. And I totally understand where, where, where coach K is coming from. And Vic's going to find out too, just to be able to breathe again. Uh, the, the, the lack of stress that's going to happen on your life now. I mean, yeah, you might go out there and dabble here and there and help out, but that is so much different actually being in charge of everybody. It's, it's going to be like a vacation for him. So it'll, it'll be weird with him, you know, the first year from him doing that. But if you talk to him next year at this time, he's going to talk to you about, you know, that he, he misses being with the kids, misses being with the coaches, but I'll be surprised if he's going to say, I really miss the grind. <laughs> uh, especially, I mean, people have to understand, I mean, these these high school coaches, and that's why I always admire them, they're doing it for the love of the game. I mean, they're doing it for the love of their kids. They're not – this is not a financial, you know, situation for a coach. A coach is – guys coaching in high school are not doing it for the money. And I think we, we kind of forget about that in the communities and all that, how much time and effort these guys are putting in for very little financial reward. I mean, no one does this for money in, you know, up here in North. Now, there are some states and schools where, you know, you do get paid for being coaching. Northern California is not one of them. So I admire him for all that he's done for the Pittsburgh community and for those kids at Pittsburgh. I know a lot of those kids, he's made so many relationships with these kids over the years. So I say hats off to Vic, uh, a great career. And once he gets away, I think he'll find out Man, why didn't I think about this before? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's high school kid. It's tough. It's a lot of work. And when you get away from it and you breathe for a little bit, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's good to get your life back. I can tell you that. Well, that's a, uh, that seems as good a place as any to, to wrap it up for this, for this episode. We will have you back this Thursday for picks where you continue to, uh, to charge towards that 500 line four weeks in a row now two and one what was that i was two and one this week you were oh dude who did i pick in lodi vacaville you picked vacaville oh i did oh i thought <laughs> i picked lodi it's like no you idiot but then i i couldn't i was go okay all right yeah, that's good. good i am i'm still too i'm still mad at palma though so i'm gonna hold <laughs> where's the defense all right. See you Thursday. All right, coach. All right. See you Thursday. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lot. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Now, speaking of things to enjoy, this is the week you've all been waiting for. Let's see here. We want to thank Coach Edson for joining us and remind you that you can find our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on, Chase. A bumblebee just flew in the window. Seriously, it's a bumblebee. <laughs> I'm scared. You're going to have to do the read. <laughs> I don't even. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> All right. Foiled by the bumblebee. Here we go. So no special thanks to any extra guests this week. We'll definitely make sure to lock one up for next week. We will, of course, thank Coach Edson for making his weekly drop-in. We built seven Friday night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. 
If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for Seven Friday Night and please rate and subscribe. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Also, follow the show on Twitter at at SportsStarsPods, and you should also be following SportsStars Magazine at at SportsStarsMag. That's where you'll get all the latest updates on upcoming guests and more. Our cover art features photography and designed by yours truly. Our theme music was produced by Dustin Phillips. And that wraps us up. Ben, how about some final thoughts to end this one? You're not, we, gonna, uh, you're not going to believe this, but the, the B is gone. <laughs> anyway, final thoughts. Well, I've been, uh, I've been fairly heavy in the spot over the last few shows, but I'm not sure I have something that important to talk about this time around. A few weeks ago, my significant another and I were trying to schedule a November weekend in Sacramento to see some family, and without putting a ton of thought into it, I agreed that this weekend was the most convenient. Little did I know at the time... I would ultimately end up with a fantastic selection of SJS games to go see. So I'm excited to take a trip to Monterey Trail and check out what I think will be a fantastic game between the Mustangs and Central Catholic. Tons of good football this week throughout Northern California, which I'm sure means that Chase will be at liberty. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> uh, you were waiting to waiting to throw that in there loaded it was loaded all show <laughs> it's a good game <laughs> it's, it's a good game it's a good game i'm gonna send the bumblebee to you well uh we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of football matchups a lot of seating today certainly hopefully everyone is uh excited for a full throttle playoff action uh i know i am i'm uh, looking forward to our pick show on thursday uh where we'll break down some of these matchups even more and until then, we will talk to you later. Buzz. <laughs>